ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 proudly present The Killer Bees. Definitely a fan of The Killer Bees. Don't sweat the technique. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here comes the fastest three hours in Houston sports radio. Here's Joe Blank and Jeremy Branham. Oh, hell yeah. You about to get all stung up. What up, Batestown? Hey, how we doing? He's Blank. I'm Bradham. Joe it's George not, is not. It's, it's not it was, Blank. It's a bit, man. Usually it's Blankers that ruins my bits, and you're, you, it was you today. <laughs> I was ready to ruin everything. <laughs> Clearly it's not Blankers. I, it's I, close. I, I, I mean, there's not a whole lot of difference, but I noticed. Yeah. I kind noticed. Of. So Did he, you? Okay, but did, he's well, not Blank. Is it the facial hair that made the difference, or? Um, There's a lot, actually. <laughs> Facial I don't want to know. No, we're done now. There's we're done the with this size, one. <laughs> there's the, the looks. Okay. Anyways, uh, Blankers is not here today. Why is Blankers not here today? Wrong answers only. 713-780-3776. Josh Beard's going to sit in with us. We didn't want him to. He just decided he was going to. And he's looking I just didn't want to leave. He's looking for the killer bee rub. So we'll give it, we'll give him the killer bee rub. It's actually called the, it's called the killer beards for the next 45 minutes. I changed it's, the name of the show. Okay, it's the Killer Bees. Uh, wow. It will remain that way. Okay. Joe is going to fill in for Blankers today. Um, we'll see if Beard gives him a chance to talk. And then it's Josh Chevy behind the glass doing all the hard work as we just kind of sit here and do radio. Uh, the Twitch is, uh, first off, how did uh, how did Josh do? Josh, Joe, Joe, this is very difficult for me. How did Josh do doing Joel's introduction? I get like a six. I th- that's better than what I've had before, so I'll take a six. Talking about the what up H town? Hey, how we doing? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, wait. Give it hold a, on. I give it a. Was I'll that a shot a, at my wife? I'm going to tell her you said that. I'll give it a six. Okay, that's higher than you've ever given. It me. wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. If you want to tell, tell us how Josh did on the what up H town, Josh, how did you think Josh did? Even it's even harder. <laughs> yeah, Josh, <laughs> Joe, Josh. Joel. How did Josh Beard do? I'll give. I'll make him feel good. 6.5. Make yeah. him feel good. That's usually, you always know you're going to get an honest answer after somebody else says, I'll make him feel good. Yeah. You yeah. always get honesty after somebody says, I'll make <laughs> him feel good. It's always truthfulness. It's always 100% honesty. I slept on my neck wrong. It is killing me. I can't look at you guys. Like, I can't look left. I feel like Derek Zoolander. I can't look one direction. Should we so, switch oh, you just swivel just, the chair. Just swivel I, in. I, but then that moves you away from the microphone. That's tough for our Move business. So, anyways, uh, Beard's going to be here for the next 42 minutes. We're going to talk to Pat Onstad, who's the Houston Dynamo general manager, a little bit later. Uh, they get set for a big match on Saturday, trying to advance to the conference semifinals. First time the Dynamo have been in the playoffs uh, since 2017. So, we really love to them for them to survive in advance. He's going to join us at 340. Five. Joe makes faces on Wednesday. Did you know that? I Joe did makes not faces. know that. Yeah, he makes faces on Wednesday. Uh, what's making him make faces today? Dana Brown. I, I don't know if we can ever trust a word that Dana Brown says because Dana Brown likes to talk a lot. He kind of runs his mouth. He traded for Justin Verlander after he said that he, they didn't need starting pitching. Uh, was it last week or two weeks ago? He, well, we don't really need starting pitching. We have a surplus there. And then he tells the media yesterday, but if we, if we like a starter, we're not going to dismiss the idea. So, like, Dana Brown's boy who cried wolf with everything – that I don't know if we can believe a word that Dana Brown says anymore. But uh, Houston Texans, they get set for a matchup against the Cincinnati Bengals. They take on Cincy this Sunday. Uh, Bengals, obviously, a very good football team. They've been hot as of late, ever since Joe Burrow got uh, healthy. Joe Burrow and I shared an elevator ride once upon a time. Beer. Oh, so I don't you're know pretty if- much famous then. Um. Yeah, he credits me friends? for most of his success. He does, <laughs> as yeah, he should. Subtly, you have to really be listening for him to, you know, to him to to understand that. 
but I, I started to think about because CJ Stroud. I have C.J. Stroud in my top five quarterbacks. Uh, Killer Beast collectively have them in the top seven. They're not willing to go as far as I am with Stroud. Why are y'all grinning? No, how, because- how dare you? You guys put him in the in the top seven after after Connor and Beer put him in the top seven. Yeah, Earlier, right. I put him in the top yeah. six to beat you guys. You're right. You're the only show in Houston talking now, about C.J. Stroud. And now you put that's him in the bad. top. You're just trying to price this right me. I that, see what's going on. That's my bad that you guys yeah. talked about C.J. Stroud on a Houston sports show yeah. in the city of Houston. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it was proprietary exactly. to you guys. We did it first. Give credit that's, where that's credit's due. But I have him in I have him fifth. Yeah, I'll one up you. I will. I don't, is right, Jim. Well, and I don't. I have no problem with that. Actually, like we went through the list earlier of the top quarterbacks in the NFL, and and I mean six made sense to me. Six makes a lot of sense. Who am I going to put above him? Am I going to put Trevor Lawrence consistently above C.J. Stroud? Am I going to? I'm not putting Dak Press. Look, I. You guys got a lot of calls from, or you got a, a one big call from a Cowboys yeah, fan Al. yesterday. Al. He, Al. Look, you can call me Al. From a guy who grew up in Dallas, a guy who grew up a Cowboys fan. Dak Prescott is not better than C.J. Stroud. Oh, I don't think so. Not no, it's not even. So. Cl- I don't even think it's close. No, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think it's it's close either. But anyways, not. I don't want to have the the top like because I mean you, this is a conversation. Obviously, you're going to have this conversation in sports radio in Houston. You're going to have this conversation whenever you're having a general bin with your friends. You're going to have this conversation in your group chats. Blah 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 blah. It really doesn't matter. Like it, it really doesn't matter where he ranks. It matters if he wins football games. It matters what accolades he stacks up over the course of his career. It matters how good the Houston Texans are going to be. But it's one of those great sports debates because everybody has a different opinion, and it leads to a lot of, you know, conversation. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. You're trying to win football games. But I think one of the things you look at with Stroud is, like, why is he good? I think he's good because he's incredibly accurate with the football. He has elite anticipation. He's really good at reading defenses. He can buy time, throw the football downfield. Uh, well, he doesn't like to run, which is great. I don't want that. I don't want him to be like Lamar Jackson used to be. He's not really that way anymore. But I, I, I want comparisons of C.J. Stroud, and I start to listen to like Nick Casario talk about Joe Burrow, who they're playing this week, and I'm wondering. Let's go to the Casario fir- first, Josh. I know I threw, put that out of order. You're, you'll, you, you said Joe. I'm going to call you Beard. I'm going to call him Chevy, so I can dismiss I, a few Jays for my life. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I've never had a Jay. I don't want any more Jays. Uh, so we're gonna. This is what Nick Casario had to say. He was on Texans Radio. I don't know if we can play this or not. It was on the YouTube channel. It wasn't on the Highway to Hell. So I think we can. I think we're legally okay. If anybody wants to uh, turn us in, uh, it was Joe's decision. Yep, my decision. One hundred percent. It yep. was totally Always Joe. Blame and, me. and maybe Chevy. He's the one pressing the button, even though I'm forcing him to do so. So here was Nick Casario talking to Rock and Roll and Johnny H, uh, give him fake names, uh, about who they're facing at the quarterback position on Sunday. He has this sneaky athleticism, a sneaky movement about him. You can't, he can make plays with his feet, so you want to try to keep him in the pocket, but he also is able to kind of, different than Baker, but similar to kind of keep plays alive. I think the one thing about Joe, when you go back and watch him at LSU, his accuracy was one of his top traits. His accuracy and anticipation, I would say, was elite, um, and he's shown that now. So he's a really good decision maker. He may he he doesn't give up the football typically. I mean, they're one of the least I think turnover teams, and they have the least amount of one of the least amount of turnovers in the league. But he's very smart. He understands where to go with the football. Plays with good anticipation. And if it's not there, he knows where to go with the football. I think they're second or third. It's snap to pass in terms of getting rid of the football. So he's not holding the football. So he's trying to anticipate. And they're kind of a, what are you doing on defense to try to put themselves in a position to put them to give themselves the best chance for success with the best play. So, I mean, Joe does a lot of things really well. I mean, there's a reason they rewarded him with the contract that they did. All right. 
So, class, Spencer calls me the sports professor, which is very the nicest thing he says about me. I do kind of feel like I'm teaching the class today, looking at you guys. I feel like I'm up here lecturing to you. This uh, is a very low Spence chair. Spence calls I'm me a sports in. professor. Yeah. I got. I mean, I'm just living the bit, living the gimmick here, method acting. Yeah. If you eliminate, like, okay, place for the Bengals. If you eliminate the Cincinnati, if you eliminate the name Joe Burrow from that clip that Nick Casario just said, wouldn't you think he's talking about C.J. Stroud? I think so, because, like, the way, the accuracy, the the mobility, all of that stuff, like, they have very similar traits. Honestly, I think the, the comp with Joe Burrow, the way it's played out so far, it, it's really, it's spot on. And, and maybe, like, that's the guy we should have been looking at, not Dak Prescott, not Jared Goff before the draft, was looking like Joe Burrow versus C.J. Stroud. Because, like, now that his career has started, he looks like a Joe Burrow-esque quarterback. And, like, it's early, but Joe Burrow has success early. And I think that's, like, the, the one thing that stands out is that Joe Burrow, even though he got banged up and he got hurt, you know, four games into his career or whatever it was, he had immediate success in the NFL with T. Higgins, with a bad offensive line, and, and the Bengals were moving in at least a positive direction until he got hurt. So I think, yeah, it sounds exactly like he's talking about C.J. Stroud. We were talking about comps earlier, and, and I've heard a lot of really bad comps about C.J. Stroud. What's the and worst one you've heard? The worst one I've Josh heard is, is healthy Robert Griffin. That's the worst comp that I've heard. That might be one of the worst comps I've yeah. heard. I, <laughs> can you name names? Yeah. Who, do you I, it, was just, it was something I randomly Some, yeah, saw on just, Twitter. Was it this was the mean. person that was on the highway to hell that said they don't believe in dinosaurs? No, no, no it wasn't Carl that. Carl Everett was on the highway to hell? <laughs> well, it wasn't that they don't believe in dinosaurs. They just think dinosaurs were embellished by a large amount. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I've seen I've seen it. <laughs> Dak Prescott's one that I've seen a lot. And, and the one that I compare him to, I've been comparing him from early in the season, was Drew Brees. The way Drew Brees processes the game, how accurate he was. I think Joe Bar- Joe Burrow is a better comparison. Michael said that earlier, and it just made as soon as he said it, it clicked and made sense. And one of the things, not just the accuracy, not just the way the way he prepared. I said the the comparison. My favorite part of the comparison is the way they both prepare for a game. Joe Burrow, his final season at LSU, he he didn't have a lot of classes. He had a ton of time on his hands, so he would prepare for games at LSU like he was a pro. And he is an older player. People were worried about that. Ended up not being a problem. But one of the things that I love about the Joe Burrow comparison too is his timing. The, the dude just has uncanny timing as a quarterback, and that's what C.J. Stroud has, too. The way he throws the ball, not just accurately and and, and sits guys down into some of those zone pockets, yeah. but the timing of how everybody keeps saying over and over, at some point it's going to get intercepted, at some point it's going to get intercepted. Well, he keeps doing it yeah. over and, and over and, and over again. He's had some passes that could have been picked, yeah. but, but even if you like give him three, give him four. Like, he has five interceptions, even if you give him four. Okay, I'll take 14 touchdowns, five <laughs> interceptions. Like, yeah. that's fine. Uh, the anticipation, to me, is unbelievable. Yes. And that's where, this, like the, to me, the similarities make a lot of sense. Anticipation, knowing where to go with the football, based on the defense he is reading, by the way. This isn't, oh, I guess the safety's going to go here. I guess the linebacker's going to go here. I know it's an educated guess, but that's film work. That's mm-hmm. study. That's having a really good understanding of how the other defense is playing you and how the safety's going to look with the coverage that you're reading. How the linebacker is going first level is going second level based on the coverage that you're reading and I think that you have to be good at that to be good in the NFL I think it's why there's a lot of talented quarterbacks who never were able to make it whether they couldn't read it or they never wanted to read it Johnny Manziel Never watched a second of tape. Why did he fail in the NFL? He was plenty talented. He had plenty arm. It's because he didn't really care to. Jamarcus Russell. You think Jamarcus Russell's talent wouldn't have played in the NFL? Why didn't it? Because he didn't watch tape. Now, there's some guys that do watch tape and they just can't 
recognize it. They can't read it. It's foreign to them, and they'll never understand it. Those, that's why the S2 test is important, because mm-hmm. sometimes those, the people who have low S2 tests, they can never recognize that stuff. C.J. Stroud, an exception here. Uh, you cannot have the football IQ to be like, okay, I, I'm watching hours and hours of film. I'm watching hundreds of hours of film every single week, but I can never grasp it. I can't figure out this math problem, and those guys stink. That's where Joe Burrow is elite. That's where C.J. Stroud is elite. Ball placement after reading that stuff. Burrow is elite. C.J. Stroud is elite. The ball placement, the accuracy, the sneaky athleticism, too. Yeah. Like, C.J. Oh, yeah. Stroud was called Jared Goff because they didn't think he was an athlete until the Georgia game. C.J. Stroud can elude a rush, but he doesn't want to run for 70 yards a game because he wants to throw it and give his other, like his teammates, uh, like get them involved in the game. It's the same thing with Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow does not escape a lot because he doesn't have to because he gets rid of the football quickly. Another comparison with C.J. Stroud. But when he has to, he's capable of doing it. Same thing with C.J. Stroud. I think Stroud and Burrow are really good comps. And if I mean, it's a great model to follow if you're C.J. Stroud because C.J. Stroud's Joe Burrow. And you have a top five quarterback in the NFL right now. I'll tell you one thing, Joe, old Joey Burrow has never done. He's never taken a nice toss from Devin Singletary for 10 yards. Where are you so that at puts, on that? It, was, it, was, it was improv. It had he, to be improv. He admitted that today. CJ oh, did? He did. No, Singletary did. Singletary he did? Said, he said, oh, Singletary he did. said when he met with the media today that it was not planned. It was not a design yeah. play call. I mean, like he, the play he was going to like the it. right. Everything broke down. They ran back yeah. to the left. I'd like to, the, the, to never do it again. Now, you have, like, sometimes you have those plays, like yeah. some throwbacks. Script it up, baby. But usually you have some sort of coverage there, like some security blankets, like maybe the tight end a, sneaks a blocker. out to, <laughs> a, like one blocker would be good, <laughs> as opposed to nobody being over there. To me, it didn't look like it at all. Uh, I know some people thought that it, it was, but I'm glad that we finally have a resolution. Yeah, I want to script script it up, Bobby. Throw it in there. Let's get more tosses to CJ Stroud. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like, yeah, you want to <laughs> you want to have a chance of your quarterback, rookie quarterback, to take a massive hit. That ain't happening. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN's our HRMP listener uh, listener line. We'll talk to Dynamo GM Pat Onstead a little bit later. Uh, Dana Brown's diarrhea of the mouth. What can you believe from the general manager who qu- who cries wolf? Josh Chevy. He's a talented one. He's the one. Uh, Doing all the hard work. What? It's Josh Beard in with yeah, us. Don't, it's Joe don't act like it. you've been to my house. In with you've us. seen my kids. Just once, though. 713 780 3776. Burrow, Stroud, good comp. What about the Texans to Bengals comp? Could there be something there as well? And wrong answers only. Where is Joel Blank? 713 780 3776. Killer Bees, ESPN 975, ESPN 925. ESPN 97.5 on YouTube. Dog Show. God loves a terrier. The Killer Bees. What about the murderous Jays? We've got Joel, Jeremy, and Joe. That's three Jays. Coming to you live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5. It's the Killer Bees and Murderous Jays. Spence thinks he's so shrewd, doesn't he? He's like, oh, Joe's filling in today. Josh Beard's getting the Killer Bee rub. Josh Chevy's filling in his producer. Like Look, he's going to troll Branham with all these Jays. Yep. You don't like what? Stop telling me that you're, I'm getting a rub from the Killer Bees. I Man, don't like the that. Killer bee rub. It's are. also called the Killer Beards for... Talk, when's your show? It's uh, noon to three. Did you just... 
Did you literally just ask when my show is? The, the show that precedes you that you listen to? I also quickly gave the answer that is correct. It is 12 to 3. Also, I, doesn't listen. I used to live there. I don't listen to your show. I don't. No, but I, actually, I've heard you talk about that. I don't yeah. do that either. Yeah. I don't like listening to sports radio Lamont before. Lamont accused me of doing it the other day on no. Twitter. Lamont's like, you guys, you listen to Highway to Hell and get all your sp- no segments no. from there. It's, it's duality like, of thought, man. Was, we, you could. like. Yeah. That's whenever I was joking with Lamont. I was like, okay, well, I'm calling dibs on cj stroud tomorrow because he, he said <laughs> yeah. it he said it on he said it to me on sunday on twitter and i was like okay well i'm calling cj stroud before anybody else yeah, nobody him. else can have him. yeah no I, one else can talk about him except for the killer beast i don't i don't listen to I, I i listen to a little bit like i'll listen to john and lance a little bit if i'm in the car taking the kids somewhere but for the most part i try to stay away because i you said this last week you don't mm. like having your opinion sullied by yeah. other opinions i do the same thing where i listen to you guys on the drive home but that's mm. because i'm already done with the day I, i'm worrying about tomorrow so I, I have the same philosophy. I think it's a good philosophy. Yeah, I used to listen on the way home whenever I was 12 to 3. Um, yeah. Uh, King of Twitch says, tell Josh you need better lead-in performance. Okay, I just told him. Uh, the Twitch is also saying, Beard, that you uh, you block Twitchers? Yeah, I only block the ones. That, here's the thing. I only block the ones who who say that they have the show on mute and they don't think that the show is good. <laughs> and so I, I'll, I that's literally the only thing I'll block people for because I just don't want to see those comments. It inundates the chat with comments that I don't that that aren't useful to the show. Yeah. And so hey, I don't want to see that. I don't want to look. If you think I'm boring and you think I suck, good. I have that opinion. Yeah. I don't have to look at. it. I don't listen to you guys, but that, that's not the reason I yeah. don't listen. Yeah, got I, some uh, just so you know, little breaking news Uh-oh. here. Astros have hired a manager. They have not, but their division opponent has. Buck Walter. Wrong. Ron Washington. Ooh. The Los Angeles Angels are hiring Ron Washington <laughs> as their new manager. What's the cocaine market like in Los Angeles? Probably pretty good. I think Probably the, pretty good. I think the Astros have their manager. I think they do, too. I think they have their manager. Yeah. Who is it? Joe Espada. Yeah. I don't think so. They have the luxury. I didn't feel good about it yesterday, but like all these context clues of what, like, okay, Ron Washington never even interviewed with the Astros. Why didn't Ron Washington interview with the Astros? Well, and and it, it feels like they're biting. They, they said the process was going to be quick. They were going to make a decision as quick as they could. And we've heard no news about any of it. It seems like they're biding their time and they have the luxury of time because they know who it's going to be. That's what I, I, that's the vibe that I'm like, getting from this. That like that, the Ron Washington thing, like he's, yeah. he knows Dana. The Astros are like chilling. Everybody's cool. Like no one's overreacting. Uh, Dana Brown had those comments yesterday to at the GM meetings that Chandler Rome talked about where uh, they like they hold the keys on Joe Espada even though he's a free agent. Well, why do they hold the keys on him? Because they know he's the manager. Yeah. Like and then Joe Espada's like I don't even think Joe Espada's interviewed anywhere else anymore. Yeah, he's, he's been he's been loosely connected to Milwaukee. Yeah. But that's pretty much it. Like well, so my only thing is, uh, what, what's no, the point? No of, other internal candidates are being interviewed. Yep, yeah. Like, like it what's just, the point of waiting though? Like, why haven't they already made this decision? Like, you, I don't think because they have, they don't have to make the decision right now. They have the luxury of yeah, time, and I mean, internally they know. But but, in, but but if you know who it is, why are you waiting? And all these fair. other clubs are already filling out like their entire coaching staffs. Yeah. Um. Maybe like, it's, maybe it's to 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 get off like to put off the scent. And to make it seem, from a perception point of view, that you're doing your due diligence. Because, like, my, my only issue with it is that, you know, in theory, on November 1st, Joe Espada could have got a call from the Angels, the Cubs, the Brewers, the Mets, yeah. and got an $8 million offer like hmm. Craig Council got, and he's just gone. So, like, because they don't have control of his contract because he's a free agent. Sure. So, like, that's my only problem with it is that you have put yourself at least some risk of him walking out the door. Yeah. Because, like, if I'm Joe Espada, you can tell me I'm getting a job all you me. want, but like I'm not going to not interview for other jobs 
while I'm waiting for you to make a decision when there's reports out there from Ken Rosenthal that Jim Crane wants this big name that Joe Espada is not. So no. that's my only, yeah, but I just, only I, concern. I have a habit and just kind of an overall philosophy that I don't believe reports. No, I, believe, I don't either. I believe news, which what is the, okay, hold sometimes on. that's not even Delineate believable. Delineate between the two, please. I mean, reports are, well, I'm hearing this. Or okay. the Astros are talking extension with Jordan Alv or uh, Kyle Tucker. and Jordan Versus Mac- an actual fact that's being yeah, reported. Like, and these, like all these things turn out to be wrong all the time. Like hit me, and, and, and a lot of times... Things that happen, we never heard reports of. The the one thing that I I one hundred percent agree with that, it, and that happens in every single every single major professional sport all the time. The one thing that I that we that we heard from Dana Brown's comments that that really makes me believe that Joe Espada is the guy. Is Dana Brown's like, well, I can't say Joe Espada is the front runner. Wink, yeah, that was kind of weird wink. to me though. Can't say he's the front runner, but he he definitely deserves it. But he's not the. I can't say he's the front runner guy. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Not going to do it. And then, I mean, it's just like, okay, just you're saying it without saying it. Just to go ahead and announce him as the manager. They've gotten kind of weird lately. <laughs> the Astros lately? Have. Yeah, like ever since, the, ever since, they, uh, <laughs> I think ever since, since they fired Click. Yeah. Honestly, I think before goes, that. I think it goes back to 2019. Like, there's the whole process. Eh, Click was fine. But, like, even just the way they did it, they hired Dusty first. Yeah, that was, that was like, like weird. they hired Dusty before they hired a man, a, a GM. Yeah. And then, and then they kept doing one-year contracts for these guys, just like over and over and over again. And then they fired Click after they won a World or went to a World Series. Yeah, I'll, I'll concede that point. You're right. Five nine one two. Y'all should see Jordan Alvarez's Instagram story. Eight exclamation points. I don't follow athletes on social media. I think it's weird behavior. Uh, so just let me know what Jordan. Y'all both quickly went to y'all's phones. I guess y'all follow Jordan Alvarez. Nah, I gotta look him up. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Oh. Wrong answers only of why Blankers isn't here today. Quadruple seven. Actually, oh not boy, seven. This is gonna trigger Astros fans in a good way. It's a picture of him and Luis Robert sitting down at a table. Huh. I wonder if he's trying to recruit him somehow, even though he's on a team. I've heard. Uh, Interesting. Okay, you know the Bonda guy on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, he said that he broke the Verlander news. Yeah, like yeah. he has, he's he's posted some stuff that turned out to be right. For the record, like legitimately, he said that the Astros had the deal with Verlander done like a week before they had it done. Yeah, and then they traded for him like six days later. And Bond was like, "Well, I had it first. He's like, "Well, you had it seven days ago." Whenever, like, <laughs> it's not really. Yeah, <laughs> but no, like, I had it first, guys. I mean, it wasn't like me having the Will Levis news, which yeah, that was, uh, okay. I, I legitimately had. I, I legitimately had a source that legitimately gave that to me. Props just for to what you. it's worth. I didn't believe that at you, first. Why wouldn't you? Believe I don't me? know. I, I am, just because is it because I say that I'm not a journalist? I am a social media influencer. No, I am a personality. It's, it's because I'm a of moments content like this. creator. Well, it's those no, things are true. You, your delivery <laughs> in normal, serious life and and sarcastic. In, in your sarcastic life are exactly the same. And so you set up the scenario where I don't know exactly what to believe from you all the time. So when I first heard that, I'm like, I don't know. And then I was like, okay, it's legitimate. So props to you for yeah, doing that. I, I just didn't I believe that, you. I first. had that first. Schefter never gave me the credit. I'm suing him for libel. You probably should. Uh, 7622, uh, Joel's beat writing for his beloved Rockets. <laughs> That's why he's not here today. I'm not going to read that one that you just sent in. 2128, don't tweet bad things or text bad things. 713-780-3776. 409, Josh said that he's applying for the Astros managerial job. Hmm. I might do that. I, I take it. I would do that. I, w- I would take that. Yeah, Joel is the would manager. I got that. Oh, I meant me. Oh, <laughs> I would quit everything I do and uh, be the manager. Oh, would you? Oh, would you quit everything you do to be a, a manager of a for, professional baseball yeah. team? Per, no, not, I wouldn't do it for any professional baseball. Just team. for the Astros? No, 
I would only do it for a major league baseball team. I would not take a minor league managerial job in baseball or, well, or a job fair. in Japan or whatever. It would, it would the only about, the only thing I would quit everything I do professionally for major league baseball, and maybe not even all of them. Maybe not even all of them. Like you, you wouldn't take the A's job. It depends on how much they would pay. But if they were like, "Hey, Brandon, we're giving you three hundred thousand dollars to be our manager, and you're giving me a one year contract," I'm not taking that. Bruce Bochy retires. They offer you four million dollars to manage the Rangers. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I bled wow. Ranger blue since the day I was born. You kidding me? <laughs> Absolutely, I would take four million dollars. Hey, Josh, for, please for isol- one year. Isolate <laughs> that quote, please. Josh Beard, your 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 money stuff is so bad. You gave us that one like, "Would you rather?" Whatever. You threw four million dollars out. Pretty much anything. Like, would you take X job if it paid four million dollars? Yes. I just would thought, you clean porta bodies at a construction yeah. site yes. if it paid four million dollars a year? Yes. Yeah. I do that. I would. I, of course, I would do that. But I have no scruples. I thought Jeremy would was you, a more discerning person. Would than you that. manage the defending World Series champion for four million dollars a year? Yeah. What a, I would. What a bad Houstonian. I and I, well, I, tank the, I would tank the year. You go 62 exactly. and 100. There you go. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I didn't say I had to win. Uh, but back to the Bonda thing. He uh, he said that Luis Robert and he said the Astros are efforting for, uh, I don't know if this is like something we can actually put stock in, but he said about a week ago that the Astros were uh, thinking about Luis Robert, I think maybe even uh, the pitcher. Cease? Yeah. I don't know how you're getting those dudes. Tucker? Oh, I, man. I don't think so. I, I, I don't think, think it, the White Sox would have any no, interest in Kyle know, Tucker. Like because the thing, Craig Council, his contract with the Cubs. I just love the White Sox. Uh, Craig Council's contract with the Cubs would be the sixth highest contract the Chicago White Sox ever gave to a player. Yeah, I believe that. That's absolutely. But yeah, Andrew Benintendi is the biggest player. contract they've ever given out. I don't. It would. I think it would have to be like a Hunter Brown, Jeremy Pena thing. Yeah, it's got to be. If, if that's like what okay. the if the Astros are getting Robert and Cease, they're going to have to give up at least one of those. Wait, guys. so are we just going to become White Sox South? So you get Robert Cease <laughs> Abreu. Oh but yeah. If you trade Pena. Graven was a White Sox too. Don't you sign Tim Anderson if you no. trade Pena? <laughs> he was so <laughs> bad last year. Stop trying to make every team in Houston a Chicago team, Joe. It's not it my fault. It doesn't always work out. I didn't hire Lovey Smith. I didn't hire Dusty Baker. They came to me. Sure. Sure. Yeah. You, you had nothing to do with it. You brought your Chicago vibes and your Chicago pizza with you, and you brought all the bad Chicago vibes. Stop doing it. Should have brought some Pequods. Dusty Baker won a World Series. Oh, yeah. That, that was good vibes. But yeah. That Lovey was, Smith, that was in so spite of you in Chicago. Yeah. There was no Steve Bartman in Houston. We're fine. 713-780-ESPN. <laughs> HRMP listener line. 713-780-3776. No, uh, no blank today. Wrong answers only. Why is blank gone? Joe George is in his place. Josh Beard's annoying us for 45 minutes. We didn't ask him to stay, but he stayed, and he's physically too large for any for us to do anything about it. Uh, 713-780-3776. Burrow, Shroud, fair comparison. Is it a fair comparison to compare the Texans to the Bengals? 713-780-3776. Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Valencia's Tex-Mex Garage, the best Tex-Mex in Houston. Beard looks like he likes to eat. He would love Valencia's Tex-Mex Garage. Everybody loves Valencia's Tex-Mex Garage. They have the best fajitas, enchiladas to die for, and margaritas that hit just right. Happy hour, seven days a week. Weekend brunch deals that will blow you away. Also, it's the perfect game day spot. Big screen TVs on the game you want to watch. Uh, does it get better than Tex-Mex margaritas and sports? I don't think so. Valencia's Tex-Mex Garage is the place to be and take advantage of their in-house game day jumbo margaritas for only $8 and $1 off draft beer while the Texans are playing. Also, while the Texans are playing this Sunday at Cincinnati, you know who's going to be there? John Granado. 
of John and Lance. He's going to be there at Valencia's buying Coors Lights for Texans fans throughout the entire game. That's Sunday. It starts at 1130. The Garden Oaks Oak Forest location. Granado, the Godfather, is going to be there buying you Coors Lights. So that's the place to watch the Texans game on Sunday. Valencia's uh, Garden Oaks Oak Forest location. Get free Coors Lights from John Granado. Also... Your larger holiday parties, they're coming up. We know that. That's available for booking now. Learn more at TexMexGarage.com. If you're looking for a place to kind of get some catering for your tailgate, for your home tailgate, oh, Valencia's Tex-Mex Garage the place to do that, too. Uh, order the Valencia's Tex-Mex Garage Fiesta Packs and Margaritas to go. Uh, make sure you're out this Sunday. John Granado, Valencia, starting at 1130. Giving you Coors Lights throughout, throughout the entire Texans game. Valencia's Tex-Mex Garage. It's Tex-Mex from scratch. ESPN 975.com. Iocane powder. All you walls, nightmares, how about to come through? All teams covered. No stalking points necessary. You're back with the Killer Bees on 97.5 and 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. Uh, the guy on the far left is Joe George. You can't see it. It's radio. Beard's uh, in between us. I'm Branham. Josh Chevy behind the glass. Wrong answers only of why uh, Blankers isn't here. Chewy says, I think Blankers is flirting with bartenders. Blankers wouldn't. Blankers is a no. very honorable husband. Now, back in his single days, he'd be the first one to tell you. Uh, 713-780-3776. Blank is on campaign trail trying to get Bill O'Brien hired back on the Texans coaching staff. I don't know why he would do that. I hope not. Uh, Key from L.A. Blankers is at the Rockets front office trying to get his old job back. Hmm. Hmm. Now's the time to do it. Rockets are, are fun. So I wouldn't knock Blankers if he was doing that. Uh, Lamont on the Twitter says, uh, Branham, I have not heard the word hyperbolic in maybe like my entire life listening to radio. Yesterday, I heard the highway to hell say it at least four times. Then I heard you say it yesterday as well. So Lamont is claiming that, one, I was listening to the Highway of uh, highway to Hell yesterday, that I picked up on their vernacular <laughs> and their term hyperbolic, and that I have since mentioned and said the word hyperbolic for the first time in my entire I was, life. I wasn't listening to it. That's hilarious. I wasn't listening to it either. I've said hyperbolic on the radio probably about 40,000 times because I am a very hyperbolic person. We literally did a segment yesterday called The Epitome of Hyperbole. Yes, we did. Joe was the producer of it. I just uh, I just found a tweet from November 5th, three days ago, that says uh, I was talking about C.J. Stroud. I said, he's a top 10 quarterback, and I'm not being hyperbolic. So I'm going to go respond to Lamont real quick <laughs> with that tweet and have Your, the timeline. So there are the receipts there, Lamont. The level of calm <laughs> that you keep within yourself as uh, while also being very petty is impressive yeah, and something that I strive for. <laughs> you should strive for more of my characteristics. Yes. I will say I, well, that. I, I, I agree with that. I, whenever I get petty, it's because I'm angry and I'm usually not very calm. You have this just nothing. No, it's all, it seems like nothing phases you. Nothing phases you. You're just like, I'm, you're just oh, going to calmly fire off this really petty tweet right now. I, I appreciate that. Some, some, yeah. some people will get under my skin, but for those people, I just, I don't, respond I, just, yeah. I, 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 I block i don't block people but i will i will remember you and i will never that, respond to you ever again that is the most terrifying thing you know, anybody's I'll ever i'll remember you but i will never respond to you ever there's there's and there's not many of those because like i i like dialogue 
Yeah, I, I don't think I'm always right. I, th- I think I'm an idiot, as a matter of fact. Uh, but I encourage conversation, dialogue. I yeah. enjoy it. I, I enjoy the back and forth. That's why we do this. But, uh, I mean, sometimes people get personal or they're just like nonstop. They'll just argue with you no matter what. No matter what. If they believe it, it doesn't matter. They're, they're going to take up the opposing opinion no matter what. My favorite, no matter what. My favorite are the people who completely disregard and ignore a point that you made to continue making their point like you just didn't say anything at all. Yeah. yeah. Those are my favorites. Yeah, so those people I just don't have time with, and I will uh, ignore them. I, I just flat out ignore them. Uh, Blankers is sweating a bet on Champions League soccer. <laughs> doesn't watch soccer, doesn't bet. Uh, Blankers is trying out for Texans kicker. Hmm. Uh, I think his heydays in the past. I don't think he's... I feel like he would get hurt. Yeah, I don't think he could kick. I think he's Might be able to a, knock down a jumper, but I don't think he can kick. That's what I was about to say, I think he's a, if anything, he's in a tryout for the Rio Grande Valley Vipers. Yeah, he could play with uh, Cam Whitmore. Yeah. Play with Cam, which apparently John and Lance are getting buried for things that they had to say about Cam Whitmore. Really? Yeah, I didn't they, even hear what they said. I, I th- I, honestly, I think that what John and Lance said were, was actually very fair. I, I didn't have a point of contention at all with what they said. They said that he gives off bad body language, and they can see where a coach would be upset with that. Did yeah. they pull him in the fourth quarter the other day? I, I admittedly, I was watching the Rockets game against the Kings, the last one that they played, where they're up 50. Uh, I was watching that one late at night after our own basketball game over U of H, and I watched it up until the fourth quarter, and I turned it off. I didn't watch the fourth quarter. The way that they were talking, John and Lance, it made it seem like uh, Adoka like pulled Whitmore for. I think so. And then he might have. And then they sent him down like right after. There's yeah, a reason. So I wonder. That. I, like, if, did did Cam Whitmore do something in that game that led to him being benched well, in that game? Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Admittedly, I turned it off. And the thing with Cam is like, there's a reason why he fell. Yes. I, I mean, there was people who had him as the third best prospect in this draft class, and he fell to the Rockets. And like, and there's stuff about that. It was because of the feedback that his coaches gave him from college that he wasn't whatever that makes you a great NBA prospect. And, and then people bailed on him. So he fell for a reason. So if he got sent down for a reason, it shouldn't be surprising. No, and he needs, I mean, he needs minutes too. Like even like dismiss the bad body language stuff. Like he needs minutes. He's sitting on the end of the bench. He needs to play. He needs some reps. He yeah. needs development. Uh, so even like body language aside, like he should be in RGV getting minutes and starts and playing, next to Joel and learning how to play defense next to Joel. Yeah. Um, now, I am, I am curious, though, He's if he awful. got benched in that game. I, I Actually, I don't hate Jock Londale. I, I hate him. I don't hate him defensively. I hate him offensively. He can knock down a three. He's like kind of a semi-stretch five. I don't think he's very skilled. I think he's fine as a backup big man like yeah. he's he's not what the rockets need is like a rim protector but he's fine being like a i mean he was he was with phoenix in, in their rotation that was a, a good team in the west like he's fine he's got a place in the nba he's fine it's almost part of it's almost the the brooke lopez that you that everyone <laughs> thought the rockets were getting brooke lopez and then yeah. they ended up with jock londale that would be interesting if they did get brooke though because like alpi's been playing so well jabari's been playing really well like what would have the rotation look like with brooke it's a good question I, uh, like, it's almost a blessing that they didn't, perhaps. What? I like Shingun. I like what I've seen from Jabari. They're getting 35 minutes a game. If Brooke was here, they're not playing 35 Yeah, but a when game. you need defense, you put Brooke out there and you get a little better defense. Right. I would bench. But is Brooke I would playing bench, 20 minutes a game? Uh, probably not. Probably more like 16, like 16, That's 17. That's a lot of That's money a lot. for a 16-minute-per-game guy. I, I know, but when you need a defensive set, you could put uh, either Jabari or Alpi at the 4 and then have Brooke at the 5. Mm-hmm. That is a that is really low minutes for that kind of money, though. Exactly. Like I, I wonder if it just wasn't the, uh, the perfect spot. Uh We'll get to some of the Bengals-Texans comparisons tomorrow with Blankers, a guy who actually knows a little bit about uh, football. Uh, and we'll, we'll... Wow. Wow. <laughs> of all the things you could have said you, to well, me, that hi- is the you most hurtful the thing. segment, and we wanted to How uh, did to I hijack the segment? You didn't. I'm just deflecting. <sighs> the I'm most... deflecting like Brian Cashman's pickup of Gallup. Did you see Brian Cashman? 
He was talking to about picking up Joey Gallo, and he's like, well, I, I trusted somebody who was in the organization, Rugnet Odor. Oh, no. He, he deflected to Rugnet Odor. It was crazy. All right, 713-780-ESPN. <laughs> Josh, I hope, I hope you can leave now. I hope I'm you got leaving. the killer B-rub that you anymore. were looking for. Uh, we're going to talk to Dynamo General Manager Pat, on- Pat Onstead when we return. Dynamo got a big one coming up on Saturday. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Dude. Have you paid your dues, Jack? Yes, sir. The check is in the mail. All teams covered. No stalking points necessary. You're back with the Killer Bees on 97.5 and 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. Let's go straight out to the HRNP guest line. Being joined now by the Houston Dynamo general manager, Pat Onstad. Been on the job since 2021. Former Dynamo goalkeeper as well. 136 appearances in five seasons. Dynamo in the heat of the Western Conference playoffs in the MLS. The rubber match against Real Salt Lake coming up on Saturday. A game you can listen to on ESPN 92.5. Pat, thanks for uh, taking a few minutes this afternoon. How are things? Yeah, things are uh, things are good. It could have been a little better if we got uh, this series over to two in uh, Salt Lake on the weekend, but uh, uh, Monday night. But uh, we're excited. We get to host the third game at home uh, on Saturday, and, and hopefully we can go through and, and continue our playoff run. A bit of a, a gut wrencher in, in that middle game of this series. You, you win two to one at home, take advantage of the the home pitch advantage. You get out to the one nothing lead against Real Salt Lake. They equalize. They win in PKs. What's what's the morale of the club coming back home? Yeah, I think we're positive. Uh, we've been great at home, uh, so that's been that's that's what we played the whole season for and finished fourth uh, to make sure we get home field advantage. But uh, I think we were a little disappointed, to be honest. I don't think we were at our best in Salt Lake. Uh, we were, didn't play the way we want to play. We like to dominate the ball uh, in central midfield, and we got away from that uh, and did Salt Lake credit. They were very physical with us and uh, took us a while to adjust. And uh, Unfortunately, you know, we didn't do enough to, to get the win. You know, Pat, I'm curious. Uh, it seems like a lot online and social media right now, there's a kind of mixed bag of reviews of the new format that the MLS is going with in the playoffs. So what are your yeah. thoughts on the new format as you guys are in it this year? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. I mean, we're, we're very fortunate. We partnered with Apple. And it's been a great partnership. And I, uh, I, I know from a viewer standpoint, uh, these games get more eyes on them. So they wanted to create more playoff games. Uh, I think for everybody, we're still trying to get used to that. Uh, I thought you saw in the first game, the best of three series was, was pretty tame. There wasn't a lot of stress, a lot of tension in the games. And then you saw on Saturday, you know, Salt Lake were playing for their lives and, and it was, uh, uh, you know, they probably outcompeted us is a better way to put it. You know, they were more physical. They were uh, going into challenges, and, and we, we're going to have to step up now with our, our live playoff lines on the line, too, on, on Saturday. Pat Onstead, general manager of the Dynamo, joining us. Old aggregate format, you'd be moving on uh, with the old. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> so I know that, I that know. that's, <laughs> and I know you know that. The I'm thing... trying to be polite here, guys. I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> well, that's not something that we <laughs> do on this show, Pat. Totally yeah. Pat, we do a yeah. thing every week on our show called Mean Text. So politeness and niceness isn't something that we usually <laughs> sign up for. What yeah, that mean... you're not used to. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but, you know. I'm trying my best here. I'm an executive now. I, you know, if I was a player, yeah. 
I could be calling BS right from the get-go. But right. <laughs> I've got to be careful. Save the red cards for us. We'll pick them up on, on your behalf. Yeah. But it is yeah, what it is, you. like you, you mentioned, right? I mean, it, there is yeah. no aggregate format. It is a best of three. They are Americanizing it, for a, for a lack of better way to put that. The thing that I yeah, find interesting right. in it is that, okay, best of three now, but then the conference semi, knockout. Conference final, knockout. The final, a knockout. Yeah. You feel like if they would go best of three, they'd just do it throughout the entire playoff. Yeah, I think uh, although we probably playing it until February, True. And we have a long season as it is. So, um, I, I mean, I, lo- I love the single knockout. I think those games are are exciting. You know, you know, obviously, as soon as you walk off the field, who, who's going through and who's not. But uh, you know, that's what we're playing now. You know, for for all intents and purposes, this is what we're doing now. We're in a single elimination game, and uh, we're excited that we get to host it at home, and, and hopefully, we get a fantastic crowd out for us and behind us and like I said earlier is we've been excellent at home this year I think we've lost two games all year three games maybe so uh we're pretty excited that we got this game at home yeah obviously you know and Pat there's been a a major turnaround from last year you guys were you know towards the bottom of the standings last year this year in the playoffs a good chance like you said this weekend with the game being at home so what's this this turnaround been like for you as the GM of this team was there, was there? I don't remember any season last year. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> I'm not sure. um, yeah, yeah, I don't remember this year. That's all I remember. Yeah, which uh, uh, it's it's been great. You know, Ben Olson, uh, our new head coach this year, has done a fantastic job with these guys. Um, we have a really interesting group. You know, Hector Herrera, who's uh, you know captain of the Mexican national team, has has been excellent this year. We've had a lot of guys that have really stepped up, but it's a it's an interesting group. These guys all really like one another, and I. Uh, you know, I'm sure some of, you know, Dusty Baker teams, you could probably say they don't necessarily love one another, but they'll play for each other. But these guys, they, they love one another and they play for each other. It's a, it's an interesting mix. So uh, it's exciting to see how these guys can go. And I know they don't want it to end on, on Saturday. They want to keep going and uh, hopefully try to win another trophy this season. Whenever you're in the process of picking a coach, you mentioned having Ben Olsen now, and he's been huge yeah. in the trajectory and the turnaround of this organization, as of you, being able to, to put the, the squad together and the pieces in place. Thank you. It takes, Thank you. It takes both of them, of course. But but how important was it to get a man who had all the seasoning that Ben Olsen did? Of course, longtime D.C. United gaffer. How much, how much weight did you put in that? A lot. A lot. I think, uh, you know, I think it's important – but you have guys that have experience in this league. It's a difficult league to manage in. Um, it's it's not like a lot of the other leagues around the world where you could just offload, you know, half your roster and well, we kind of did, but uh, offload half your roster and, and bring him in. It's very difficult to do right off the bat. Where a lot of so for a lot of managers, they need to have, be able to wrap their head around like this is my these are my guys and I got to get the most out of them. And I think uh, there there was one guy when we certainly started doing this search that at this stage was uh, we wanted to make sure we brought a guy in. That had that experience, uh, had, had a history of working well with players, and and someone that the players could uh, respect. And I, I think he's done uh, all of the above, and has been uh, a- excellent for us this season, and a big reason of why we've had success. Yeah, you know, it's funny you, you mentioned Dusty Baker. Uh, I think there's a, a small correlation between you guys and the Astros is is your well, maybe it's the opposite. I guess your guys' success at home, the Astros were terrible at home. Uh, what is it about you know yeah. playing here in Houston? that has like worked so well for you guys and, and really only having, like you said, two, three losses this year at home. It's been a big home field advantage. Why is it so different for you guys at home versus on the road? Yeah, I mean, I can go back a little bit. And when I first got here, it was interesting talking to the players individually. The majority of them were like, oh, it's so hot here. It's horrible. It's hot. I go, well, we have an outdoor stadium, and I hate to break it to you. 
there's this global warming thing. It's only getting warmer, so we better embrace this. Um, and I think this year our guys did. Uh, and they just were determined saying this is going to be an advantage for us at home, and uh, we're going to make it miserable for other teams to the point where we have a – you walk down the tunnel to get on the field, and there's a big television screen that tells everybody what the heat index is. <laughs> uh, and you can see other teams going, 104? you got to be kidding me. Um, so for us, it's a big advantage. And so I don't know, maybe the Astros need to open up the roof. I'm not sure. But for us, it, it, it's been a huge advantage for us. And thankfully, these guys have embraced it. Like I said, it's an interesting group, and, and they're uh, excited to play at home. I love that you do that, just kind of leaning into it, using the heat as uh, the home pitch advantage. Because, yeah, it is hot in Houston, but you also condition in Houston where some of the – I mean, Real Salt Lake doesn't. They do have the advantages of altitude, things like that. But leaning into it now – Saturday's not going to be the hottest day. Do you, do you, no, do you no, wish it was going to be course. a little bit warmer this weekend? Yeah, but it is what it is. I mean, we have uh, the other thing I would give our uh, our field crew a lot of credit. We have one of the nicest fields in the league, if not the best. Uh, and we have a central midfield that we actually, we call it a three-box four. Uh, and our four guys in the middle uh, are great at playing on the surface. And it's going to be... I think it's going to be a little wet the day before, so the field will be nice and fast, and that's exactly what we're looking for. So we're excited to to be able to, you know, hopefully advance uh, uh, against Salt Lake. Pat Onstead is our guest, general manager of the the Houston Dynamo. Actually did radio for the Dynamo for a few years, so if uh, Glenn Davis ever catches the flu, you know who to call, Pat. But even in my time in the MLS, I could never figure out, and look, I'll I'll show my ignorance here. I know it's called general allocation money. I don't know what it means. I know it's called targeted allocation money. Don't know what it's mean. I know you have DPs, designated players. You can trade for those. It confuses the heck out of me, Pat. But you mentioned having Herrera, who's been such a – key piece for your squad can we expect him in houston for a few years yeah well he's under contract for for another year and we have another option uh on on him as well he loves it here his family has settled i think it took a little while for him to settle down but uh uh you know his son's in the academy his daughter's well adjusted here so he loves houston uh so he'll be here as long as uh you know as long as we can can kind of keep him happy and i think for him the biggest thing is to make sure that He's got a competitive team. I mean, he came here to to get become a playoff team and fight for championships. And you know, in his year and a half that he's been here, we've won an Open Cup and we're fighting here in the playoffs. And uh, hopefully, if we can, we actually we didn't talk about this. If we beat Salt Lake, we'll actually host again at home uh, in the next round against Kansas City on the 25th or 26th. So. We're in a really good position to control our destiny at this point. Yeah, it's good news, too, because I know Herrera's been entrenched in this city. He's been in other people, other teams, like videos, things like that. So that's great news. And back to the the match on Saturday and the series that you're in right now with Real Salt Lake. You mentioned uh, Sporting KC upsetting St. Louis, so it opens up a possibility of hosting that knockout Western Conference semifinal at home, which would be great. Uh, You you mentioned it a little bit earlier with the, the conditioning of playing a best of three. It's different, obviously, in soccer, but the three matches are squeezed into 14 days. You know, usually you play one match a week. Every now and then you'll get the, the two match weeks where you kind of, you know, got to be very aware of conditioning and minutes and things like that. Yeah. Uh, now it's for both sides. I mean, both teams are having to do this, but uh, how's the conditioning of the club ahead of Saturday with three matches in 14 days? Good. I think, I think it's, uh, well, it's probably been more of a benefit for Salt Lake. They had some injuries in the first, uh, the first game and they were able, because it was a eight day turnaround till our next game, they, had a couple of guys come back. Their forward, Christian uh, Rongo, is very good. Uh, uh, Justin Gladys, center back for them. So uh, they got healthier with the time frame. But uh, having said that, for us, you know, Hector Herrera, as we talked about, is 
a little bit older, the extra day or two of recovery really helps him. Uh, we got a lot of guys in our, our group that have uh, put a lot of miles on their bodies this year. So this extra rest, I think, will have us prepared uh, well. Um, but the biggest thing for us is just to make sure that we're fresh, uh, ready to go, and that we're, we're going to realize this is a knockout game. So it's going to be physical. There's going to be a lot of hard fouls. It's going to be a difficult game to, to dictate the way we want to play. But it's something I think our guys are uh, – are ready to uh, embrace and accept, and, and they're excited. They're disappointed in that second game. So uh, our group tends to rebound when uh, we're, we kind of let ourselves down. It's uh, like I'll say it over again. This, this guy, they all like one another, and I think they, they look around the room and say, we let you guys down. So hopefully uh, we come out flying on Saturday. Sounds good. We're excited for it, Pat. We thank you for taking a few minutes. Best of luck this weekend. Home match against Real Salt Lake. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for your support. Yeah, anytime. Pat Onstad, a general manager for the Houston Dynamo. Home match all on the line. A best of three in soccer. Takes some getting used to, but it's the way that it is. Dynamo won the first match 2-1. to one, Lost in PKs in Real Salt Lake. That would have been, in the old aggregate, that would have been Dynamo Advance. But uh, a new format, Dynamo hosting the, uh, the rubber match. I have to get used to saying that. Talk, the rubber match in a soccer playoff. But uh, it is the case. It's at home. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm sure the energy in the building is going to be electric on Saturday. It is bizarre, though, that, like he said, like they do best of three and then they go to one game. Like, yeah. Can you imagine if we tried that in the NFL? Like, like the first round was like with three weeks, well, best out of three, I don't know and if then like one this game. Comp here. I'm just saying, like, it doesn't make any sense. Just play one game or three games it all would, the time. It would be more... Baseball. Eh, I'm trying to... It's tough because, I mean... Soccer, they play a little bit more than NFL, but they play less than that. I don't know. I don't. I don't. You're you're irritating a lot of soccer fans though with your cross sport references. Though I'll well, tell you that. What am I supposed to reference it to? Um, European soccer, I guess. I they guess, wouldn't do yeah. a best of three in Europe. That's no true. Chance but, they would. But do like that. you guys said, they're 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 Americanizing I mean, it for look, us. Look, Pat didn't want to say it. I'll say it. Dynamo got screwed by the new format. They would yeah, have, they would have advanced. They would have won three two on aggregate. There would have been no stinking penalty kicks. Was you know so they got they got hosed on that, but. They went at home on Saturday. They move on, and they will host a knockout game in the Western Conference semifinals. Uh, gotta get, you got to get over there, though. It'll be electric. Uh, the environment will be great. I'm sure they're going to sell out. If they sell out, secondary ticket market. Make sure you do that. Or you can just listen right here on ESPN 92.5 with uh, Glenn Davis. All right, we're going to step away for a moment. We come back. Bobby Slowick again, has been mentioned as a name to look out for when it comes to head coaching opportunities in the NFL. What do you – okay, let's concede that Bobby Slowick does leave. What needs to happen on the Texan side where you feel like you've accomplished getting something for your side of the deal? We'll concede Bobby Slowick gets a job this offseason, but what do you feel would be a good reward from a Houston Texans perspective if Bobby does leave after the season? 713-780-3776. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. It is a double Cincinnati-Houston weekend, by the way. Cincinnati and Houston will play football on Saturday. U of H uh, hosting the Cincinnati Bearcats in the homecoming game against Cincy. This is an old familiar rivalry, too, between the Houston Cougars and Cincinnati. We want you to be in the stadium. And great deals here uh, for the matchup between Houston and Cincinnati. Uh, these two teams played in the American Conference Championship game a couple of seasons ago. Familiar foe. Uh, head to uhcougars.com slash tickets. 713-GO-COUGS to get tickets. They started just $15, too. Weather's going to be great on Saturday. And it's time for all Cougars to come home. Homecoming weekend. 
Let's pack TDECU Stadium and band together to create an incredible atmosphere. U of H making a bulk push, looking for back-to-back wins, coming off the win against Baylor. Come early, enjoy all the new activities in Cougar Alley in front of TDECU Stadium, including the huge LED TV, TV screen, the Bud Light Backyard, the Coke Fan Zone, food trucks, and more. Spirit of Houston at the half, entertainment by cheerleaders, the Cougar Doll, Shasta and Sasha, and DJ Yobi Yobes in the student section. Again, tickets, $15. Houston Cougars taking on the Cincinnati Bearcats this Saturday, 6 p.m. Go to uhcougars.com slash tickets. Call 713-GO-COUGS. And don't miss all the fun and pageantry of college football. Come early, be loud, and wear red. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Planet Unicorn, hey. Planet Unicorn, Unicorn Planet. 